Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by your deeply flatulent, also quite handsome co-host, Kyle. He's looking great. He doesn't probably smell great, but I can't tell because he is on the other side of this contraption that they call a computer. So we're going to talk about something. In fact, I know what we're going to talk about today. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be confusing. We're going to screw up our own rules. At least I will. Kyle will probably do a nice job with the rules. But it's going to be thrilling. We're going to rank. Possibly re-rank. And then by the end of this episode, we will have a definitive TTKM list. So, Kyle, what are we talking about? Thank you, Michael, for that fantastic introduction. We are back to do the Topskers once again. This is probably like fourth maybe fifth time we're doing this we've done this one a lot yeah this is one of the big ones yeah so i don't know what to uh, i don't know what to call it it's i think it's oh god i think it's the 2022 top screws but it's movies that came out in 2021 right i think that's right because i just googled 2021 oscars and it was not right yeah it was last year's movies correct so i think we call it 2022 so this is the 2022 top screws for those of you who have not listened to the this version of the podcast before, the rules are these. We look at movies that came out in 2021, and it's just the best movies that came out in 2021 that were nominated for no Oscars. Because Oscar movies get talked about a lot because they're talked about at the Oscars. And then there's all these other movies that we love that don't get discussed because they're not getting the hardware. Uh, so this is where those movies go to be recognized. This this and I, the irony here is that if I was listening to uh, Sean Fantasy talk on one of the Bill, I forget which of the Bill Simmons, it might have just been the Bill Simmons podcast, and he was talking about how even though he is an avowed movie snob, yes, the idea the idea that people would watch the Oscars to hear about a three hour really sad non-english language film is just not realistic and it's it doesn't it's i don't and to be clear he's so he so loves movies and so loves really all kinds of movies he's not diminishing the value of drive my car he's just saying what regular ass person and that's not even like the coded regular ass person that's just like actual person who's not part of the academy of motion picture sciences or whatever it's called would watch that movie and so the Oscars end up being movies that few people see and many people talk about. Ours is many people see and few people talk about. So we're filling that gap. That's exactly right. Yeah. The other thing that we do for this episode is I give out an award, an Oscar award for each of these movies, either one that I think it actually could have been nominated for, Mm -hmm. or if not the one that would, I would just say was closest, or I just use it to recognize a particular aspect of it. I'm looking through some of these nominations, and there's a couple that I didn't even know that I really enjoyed. I just didn't realize that they had been nominated. So you go, people. The Oscars this year are going to be good. I like, I like a lot of the movies in the Oscars this year. There's a lot. I, like normally, we have a lot to choose from for this list, but a lot of the movies that normally would be on this list got nominated for something. Yeah. Yes, that is very true. I did notice that actually. Now that you say that, so we'll talk about that. T- historically, mm-hmm. we've done that in the honorable mention section. We'll reference like yeah. movies that got like one Oscar nomination, so they technically aren't like 
eligible for this list, but they're not going to win yeah. shit. So like, they're not going to get talked about at the Oscars or on this podcast. Yes. So there's one in particular that I'm mad about because against I knew it was going to get nominated for a couple things, but I'm mad it was nominated, so we won't be able to talk about it as much as I want to. I suspect I know what you're talking about. You may. So with that, with that, we'll get into it. The other thing is that because so many of the movies that I thought were going to be on this list got nominated, I only have 10 movies, so I don't have a not top three. So I'll, maybe I'll throw it to you and see if you saw any bad movies this year that I didn't. Well, this makes me happy because I actually was thinking throughout the year how a few times this segment has been weird where I haven't seen nearly as many movies as I thought I had seen and I felt like I was letting the team down. I think this year I did a pretty good job. I've seen a lot of the movies that are on this sort of second tier, which I like. You, I, it was the the year that I had movie pass. I saw, that was the year where I think like most of the list you hadn't seen because I was just seeing yeah. every fucking thing. Yeah. This year, I suspect you've seen, I know for a fact you've seen well over half this list. So it'll be a more inclusive discussion for you. Excellent. I'm looking through this, and man, oh man, some of the stuff that got nominated is... Uh, or, or I'm sorry, that yes. came out this year is really something. The top of this list is really full of movies that are Oscar-worthy. Like, yeah. We'll have to discuss what happened. So, All right. Let's do this thing. We'll get started. Number 10. And in, in a year with more movies, this might have been... This, <laughs> this might have not been on the list. This is a Netflix movie called The Woman in the Window. Starring Amy Adams. Oh, I thought you were going to say... I, I thought you were talking about the new Kristen Bell show or whatever, the woman in the rear of the window of the The woman in the whatever. house across the street from the woman in the window. <laughs> <laughs> so that show, if I understand it, is parodying yes. or lampooning movies like this, of which there have been very many. It kind of like started with... It's like this genre of like women just being gaslighted. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they are always being gaslighted. <laughs> They're just like constantly gaslit. So, this, it's not, it doesn't, this, this movie like doesn't stray too far from that path. Like it's kind of, you know, the same, not the same exact story, but the same bones of these kind of like stories where it's just like drunk woman that everyone thinks is fucking crazy. And then it turns out she's not. She's not as crazy as they think. She's still crazy, but like yeah, obviously. A, but, but she's just a, like a crazy hoe. But there's, <laughs> but there's a reason that she's crazy. Yes, it was a good like. It's good. It was good for what it was, and I like Amy Adams, and uh, what's his name? Scott Eastwood is in it, so that was fun, and um, yeah. So like, it's a decent cast, and it's pretty brief. Like, it doesn't overstay its welcome. So this is interesting because this was probably the worst reviewed movie or one of the worst reviewed movies of last year. So, I, but you, you found it enjoyable or at least like it was pretty good. Maybe not enjoyable, but like, <laughs> or yeah, sorry. not, maybe not good. In fact, I would not say it was good, but it was just, it, you know, just go into it. You, you can't have, can't, you have to have appropriate expectations. Okay. I can work with that. That's nice. All. I would give this one, although in retrospect, I think there was some controversy about. So I would, I would give it a best adapted screenplay, largely because I don't know what what else to give it. But there was some. Controversy. Do you know? Do you know about this? Yeah. Yeah. Did you was, read the article? <laughs> like the dude, you have to remind me on the specifics. But there was some weird 
like the author like lied about his sister having cancer or like there was some weird like yeah. thing he lied about it's right? i don't remember all the details it's, it was either him or his sister or something but it was this very long and elaborate scheme where this person who's writing about these people doing crazy things is himself a total nutbag and <laughs> lied to many people and it's very well documented. I want to say it was like a New Yorker article. Yes. Uh, and I remember somebody at work telling me, you should read this. I'm like, what? That seems nuts. This is like a 40-minute article, and I read the whole thing and was riveted. And there's also a connection to um, this woman, Sophie Hanna, who writes authorized uh, Hercule Poirot sequels. So she's, she's authorized by the Christie estate to write you know, a continuation. She's actually pretty good. And she's like the sole defender of this AJ Finn person. And it's very complicated. It's strange. Like really thing. crazy. Yeah. It's very strange. At yeah. any rate. But I, the word is he's a very talented writer. I, so Ali just really liked the book, which is why we read yeah. it in the first place. And that's why I'm giving it adapted screenplay because she was happy with how it was adapted. Okay. I dig it. You go, Ali just. Yeah. And my dad Allegis. liked it because Amy Adams is in it. Of course. And so. you liked it because Amy Adams is in it. Precisely. <laughs> Fathers and sons and all that. Yeah. Apples and trees. <laughs> so, uh, number nine. I can't believe it. This feels like it came out like 10 years ago. Maybe not 10 years ago, but not last year. Eternals, the, the Marvel film. That came out this year? Early, like, Holy early, it was crap. Like, that might have been like the May. No, I don't, I don't remember. It might have been like June. I don't know. I think it was a summer movie. And this is this horrible movie with women and minorities in it, right? Yeah. Okay. They were and they were the heroes. They were the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> I the <laughs> thing is that like lots of the people in my life really loved it. Like we saw it with I saw it with Allegis and Talia and Sean. And the consensus <laughs> we just like we just literally fell asleep for like twenty five minutes. <laughs> And, like, woke up and, like, didn't realize she'd fallen asleep because the last, like, hour of the movie is just this, is, it's, like, almost unwatchable. It's, like, it's just so boring, even though, like, in theory, like, people are, like, shooting, like, lightning out of their eyes and, like, killing each other. And it's just, like, so, it's just become so, like, that's, you know, and and so, like, but she, like, slept through a half hour of it and didn't realize It's just such a Marvel, it's a Marvel ending. So it doesn't, it succumbs to that. But like the consensus leaving the theater was that like everyone really loved it. And then like talking to people at work, like people really liked it and were really excited about the direction that like it was setting things up for, which I agree with. Like it's for me, it's one of those Marvel movies where the best part is the teasers for what's coming next. Like, yeah, the Kit Harrington stuff and like Harry Styles, like that's exciting. So, and this is directed by a prestige director, right? Like, the, yes. is this. Who is the? Is it Chloe Zhao? Yep, exactly. Who did Nomadland? So right, yeah. So she's like a big deal. This is a little bit like the Chris Nolan move. Yeah, kind of. Except that it's not like it's not the Dark Knight by any means. It's just it's no, no. no but but take a take a prestige kind of art. Yeah, it's the idea. And give them a superhero movie. It's the idea. So and, and and it did things that like a lot of Marvel movies don't. Like some of the the concepts that it explored were kind of like more interesting than your standard marvel fair so i liked that and like the cast was just out of this world especially um yeah. camille like camille was like to, in my opinion like saved yeah. the movie 
And this was probably the first movie where Brian Tyree Henry that was that he was in that was not nominated for Best Picture. Right. Like (laughs) he's he's like the uh, John Casal or um, you know Fredo Corleone of our generation, but somehow he's in a movie and it's just like the greatest thing you've ever seen, and he's great in it. And then you're like, why isn't he in more stuff? Yeah. So the the cast was just amazing. It was just the problem is that it was like an hour too long. Like yeah. And so, but you know, it's still solidly in the you know marvel sphere of things mm-hmm. i gave this one best original score because ramin jawadi did it and yep. if you go back and listen to it now you'll knowing that you'll be like oh right this is just fucking like game of thrones like it's specifically like season six game of thrones with like the organs and like all the like it, it really sounds like um well not light of the seven i was gonna say duel of the fates it sounds like light of the seven yeah. and that's like the whole score it's really good that's so, wonderful. What a great thing to sound like. You know, Rami Jawadi also did the Uncharted score for the movie that is not the video <sighs> Good game. Lord. Good Lord. So at any rate, even if you don't want to watch the last hour of the movie, you could listen to it and it's really good. Okay. All right. I mean, this is one I didn't see, which is weird. But oh, I would, you didn't? I would very, no, I haven't seen this one. Oh, well. I don't on- know how I missed it because it was a good Marvel year and a weird, a very unexpectedly good Marvel year. But I didn't see this one. You should see it because it's going to be one of those movies that if you don't see it, you're going to be really fucking confused. But like when I didn't see uh, Avengers 2 and really got lost for a while there. That is a big one. You got to have. it. Yeah, that was very lost. And I was looking at you asking a lot of questions. I do think that as you go forward, that this will people look back on this one kind of like Ultron where it was like, yeah, they had a chance to make like a like a grand slam and it ended up being an important piece plot wise but at least for me yeah so anyways that's eternals it was fun to see a lot of game of thrones people in it like richard madden and kid harrington was fun uh, give me those two in anything richard you did you see the show the bodyguard or bodyguard, no but i heard good called? things that is just such a like b plus just exact like it is a network tv show that was not made by an american television network and so it's all of the just page turning episodic you know thrills and chills you're looking for but with british tv quality it's great i should go back to that one i eternals for you specifically you should go back for it because only because I know how much you appreciate Camille and he's really good. Like any scene that he's in, that's his scene is like an A plus. So go back for that. All right. I'm in sold. Okay. To the woman in the window. <laughs> All right. Number eight is uh, a Christmas movie uh, called love hard, which I was expecting more references to die hard and like having it be more of the plot. And it was like kind of a throwaway. But it worked because it like hooked me and I watched it. Um, did you see this one? No. Oh, this is the Jimmy O. Yang one. Yeah, exactly. So the okay. the general premise is that <laughs> Jimmy O. Yang like catfishes this girl by pretending to be not Jimmy O. Yang on a dating app. Okay. And then they date for like six months, get get into each other, and then she like surprises him by coming to visit him for Christmas. And Ooh. finds out that he's Jimmy O. Yang and not Jimmy F. Yang or whoever he said he was. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then, you know, hijinks ensue, whatever. 
This feels like a complicated movie to make in 2021 because as I'm looking at the poster, I'm thinking immediately of two things. One, so Jimmy O. Yang uh, is Asian and the person he's <laughs> pretending to be is not, it looks <laughs> yeah. like. And well, two, he's not conventionally handsome and the person is. And finally, there's just some consent issues around catfishing. So these are all this is quite a this is quite a witch's brew to uh, bring to a Christmas movie in 2021, and yet it sounded like they stuck the landing. Well, no. Because oh, okay. we all we all agreed that... Like, <laughs> that it's like a very like progressive movie in a lot of ways, but not in the ways that it needed to be to address the fact that its main character catfished somebody. Like, yeah. for example... You gotta really explain why that's okay. They don't. And, like, for example... They go Christmas caroling, and it's actually one of the better scenes in the movie. And they do a rend- they do a duet carol, the two of them, and they they do "Baby, It's Cold Outside," but mm. he changes the words for the guy's side to make it less like date rapey. And, and is that no like it's noted by the film? Like that's something that they point out. It's like they go way out of their way to like, yeah. and so like it's cool and it's actually very funny, like the way he changes the words and like it's the best scene in the movie probably. And so it's like, look, it's not cool to be date rapey, but they don't like specifically do enough, in my opinion, to be like, but it's also not cool to catfish somebody. Yeah. So it's like, it's still quite problematic, even though it's a movie that's like kind of trying to like actively address that set of issues. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And it was good for what we watched it like at Allegis' house with her family and all had a fun time watching it. And what was the award? I'll give this to Jimmy O for uh, best supporting because he's really good. And I'd like seeing him not be Jin Yang. Which, so it's funny. I'm watching this show Space Force right now. I had seen this first season. Did you have you watched the show? No, but I know he's in it. it. It's just it's such a B plus. It's a little bit like the bodyguard or whatever that show's called. It's just it's just good. It's not great, but it's good. And he plays a very different character than Jin Yang. And he also plays he and he and John Ralphio are both in it, and they both play. You can see how they are related to characters they've played before, but they're also different enough that it's still exciting to see. And he's so talented, I think, that it's fun to see him do something else. That's the thing that I liked about this is like he really has to pull like a lot of the. Like he's funny, like he has to carry it, yeah. like from that perspective. But also, he's like the emotional lead of the movie, kind of. Yeah. And so he's like, and he does it like quite well. Like I really liked his character and his performance. I thought it was really good. So well, I think there's a there's an alternate universe where he's just being Ken Jeong. Like I, I don't know if you saw Crazy Rich Asians. I didn't. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because I'm about to call his character like a little bit offensive. But I, maybe that's not really my call here because the film is made almost exclusively by Asian, um, you know, filmmakers and actors and stuff. So maybe that's not, you know, quite my place to say. But he's he's very over the, and even Jin Yang. Like these are all self-referential and self-conscious performances that go way over the top in Asian stereotypes. So take it for whatever it's worth but that has been his stock in trade historically is like dialing up i'm funny asian guy and i think for he probably had a moment i'm getting the sense he had a moment where he was like do i really want that to be my whole career or do i think i have more to offer 
And it's cool to see he definitely does have more to offer. And I really like that he still has like the goofiness that he can dial up, but that there's also different speeds for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays like he's very consciously playing an Asian American who, you know, like is in like all that that entails yeah. in, in dating and life. So like, it's, right. it's not, exactly. it's not, he's, you know, it's still a part of like the role, but it's not, it's not like Jin Yang where it's just a character being Asian. Right. And, and I think that's the thing that's cool about, you know, him is I think he can he can hit those different notes. It's the same with um, why the heck can I think of his name now? But the guy who played uh, Kim Jong Un and who was also in uh, Always Be My Maybe, mm-hmm. where there's there's a place. And I would say this, you know, for any kind of person of any ethnicity, there's a place to like make fun of and use the caricatures of your ethnicity. There's also a place to be introspective about it. There's also a place to just forget about it and just be like those, all of those lanes, there's a place for each of them. And I think the cool thing as an actor is to be able to do, to hit each of those. Yeah. So that you have more versatility and you can do whatever is called for. And I think he's showing that he's, he's got that. This movie was uh, like exactly that for me, like that proof of concept and, I'm excited. Yeah. I hope that this. I hope we get more of him going forward. Yeah. So that was number eight. This is traditionally where we would do our not top three. I didn't see enough movies this year to populate a not top three list. So I, e- I say we hold on. Let's hold off on that. I'll mention some not tops later. Yeah. Because um, who knows? Yeah. Let's do that. So for now, we'll move on to number seven. Number seven is the second and last Marvel movie on this list. Uh, Black Widow, which again, I can't believe that came out in 2021. I was just looking through the movies and I saw that. I can't, I actually can't believe that. Like, so, that's, uh, that's almost unbelievable. I think it came out in like February or like January. Like it was like the very beginning yeah. of 2021. So like almost a year and a half ago now. But so Black Widow for me is two very different movies. Like the, it's like the same thing as Eternals. Like the last hour is like, whatever but what what a waste the last hour of this movie except for there was like one or two cool things that happened that we can talk about that i thought were worthwhile from the end but aside from those one or two things the like whole thing falling from the sky for like an hour was just painful it was a lot i mean whatever it's kind of what you sign up for but i thought that the first hour was yep so good it was just born it was just born which it was the same way that the that um, the Captain America number two was like it took a genre, it made its own movie in that genre in a really cool and very specific way. I loved it. Like it was like, just like a good spy movie, and like like her kind of like like living in that trailer and fighting whatever his name was on that bridge. Like that was like a tense like per, like personal kind of like hand to hand fight. Like it was like very much for my to be born, and then. They they literally just did the born scene in the apartment where she fights Florence Pugh's character. I just like even like the flashback stuff, like them as kids. Like I thought that was all very like well done. And then they had like that Nirvana cover in the opening credits. It's the, just, like, so I was actually when you said this was on your list, and maybe I'm spoiling it. My assumption was that was going to be the best song or whatever it's called. It was that because that song? Although I guess original. Song it has to be an original actual, song. That's too bad because that cover was amazing. It, I thought it was like a like an interesting choice because Marvel doesn't 
really do that, but like it fit perfectly and it like really weirdly. Set, I don't it, know why it fit, but it did. It like really set the scene, and it like yeah. I I just I don't know. It got me like really excited right off the bat, and like my my enthusiasm faded as it like kind of turned into what it was. Ultimately, I had the exact experience where I wa- it was a little bit like um the beginning is the end is the beginning uh, <laughs> for uh, Watchmen, where just my excitement of how great that song was and how well it fit slightly over uh you know it elevated my expectations a little too much yes so but the first hour of that movie it was awesome and i think it's enough to get it at least at number seven on this list um i I, i'm glad that they did it i wish it had happened earlier and it wasn't like that but um i'm gonna give the act the the oscar for this one actually to florence Pugh because she kind of stole the movie like yeah she was great i thought she was really fun and like i cared a lot about her I cared just as much about her character as i did black widow which is shocking because i've known that character for 10 years now <laughs> so and i think we can look forward to probably more florence Pugh in these movies and tv shows and i thought it was like kind of unfortunately in some ways like it was kind of her movie <laughs> so yeah it was sort of what they were trying to do with joseph gordon levitt in the dark knight rises where they're taking a character you don't have the same investment in but giving them a shared backstory with the person who's in whom you're already invested and then trying them to sort of you know get you in, excited about them and it worked better in this than uh you know clear your corners rookie did in uh, the dark knight rises but florence Pugh is just such a spectacular actress and she is just a scene stealer i mean it's hard to watch a movie and not be totally focused on her um sometimes to the the detriment of her co-stars because she's just that electric i heard a rumor that she's being strongly considered to be in dune part two who would she be i heard that too but who would she be my guess is she would be the princess, right? Like yeah. Princess Arulin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who he ends up like she's the one that like it's like excerpts from her book that are like in like that like lead the chapters in Dune. And Yeah. And she's yeah, yeah. like she's the daughter of the Emperor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which means that she probably wouldn't get like tons and tons of screen time, but it's an important character. And that has already been established as a legitimate uh framework for an actress in the dune films is be a great actress who is top build and then don't show up at all right (laughs) yeah it's not a lot of there's not that many women in in dune no but it's interesting because and uh, listening to the hans zimmer song exploder talking about the importance of women as sort of these unseen actors in the dune world it's very interesting but it's a little bit like the um Denis Villeneuve getting in trouble for you know making a white savior narrative thing where it really is just a matter of how you choose to interpret the text is it are you going to interpret it charitably and say well actually this is a critique of white saviors or it's not it's the same you and I've talked about this with satire it's when you hear you know Jim from uh, Huckleberry Finn are you reading that as literal or as a joke and depending on your perspective you'll have a very different takeaway and I think the like the women in the background are either uh, in Dune are either sort of a harmful um, you know mysticism around women or 
an actual gesture to the role women have as sometimes unseen actors in the world. And that's just up to you. Do you want to yeah. choose to think it's good or bad? And then, you know, you kind of you have got all the evidence lined up for you, depending on which way you interpret. Right. At any rate, if Florence Pugh does end up being in Dune, that'll be great. And yeah. she was great in Black Widow. And I liked Black Widow. Yep. And she'll get to make out with Timmy Chalamet again. That's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were they in together? Little Women. Oh, mm-hmm. I never saw that. You didn't? No, I read the book oh and everything. Like I like I listened to the book and like got all hyped up for it, and then I just like somehow didn't see it. Did Lee just see it? No, neither of us saw it. Oh my god! Well, you have it was so good. I mean, it's Greta Gerwig with Sir Ronan, and I'm please. I know. I have to, I, like I don't. I don't know what happened. We, we got to see it. Oh, yeah. Watch it soon, because you'll like Florence Pugh even more. Oh, my God. All right. Also, I will no. not be watching. <laughs> yeah. I will not be watching Midsummer. You sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. Number six. In retrospect, seems kind of high. It hasn't stuck with me since I put it on this list. It was fun, though. It, uh, I think probably the reason it was so high is this is like one of the first movies I went back to see in theaters. Because uh, it came out in like March. Yeah, no, that's not true. I saw Black Widow in theaters. At any rate, this I think this was one of the first ones I saw in theaters um, was uh, Quiet Place Part 2, which did you see either of these movies? I saw the first one. I have not seen the second one, though. Oh, so you've seen the second one. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah, so it's the, it's the joke in uh, 22 Jump Street. It was like, do the same thing with more flashbacks so that um, John Krasinski's can still be in the movie. That's so weird because he wrote the movie and directed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost literally the same thing. The only difference is that Killian Murphy and Jaiman Huntsu are in it. So oh. like, so in my opinion, like take that same movie and add those two guys and like yeah. it's addition by addition. I'm just picturing <laughs> I'm picturing Killian Murphy playing Dr. Crane and like fear toxining the monsters and i'm picturing jaiman hunsu being the mma instructor from never Back strike Down. You each strike you breed and that's literally just the characters he yeah he is he, the only problem is he tries to mma fight one of these monsters and does not go well for him you don't want to do that killian murphy it's too bad there's this one scene that's so laughably bad that it kind of like taints his whole role where it's they do this like dumb callback thing in the in the in one of the first scenes where the girl can't, can't hear right so she mm-hmm. like signs and so he's like how do you say they're at a baseball game and he's like how do you say dive like how would you sign to dive like sliding into a bag or something and she goes you can't see it listener but like she puts her hands together and like moves them forward like literally how you would do if you were diving it just looks like diving he's like, okay, thanks. And then later in the movie, they're in a scenario where he's trying to tell her to dive into the water. They're like being held captive. And he's like trying to communicate to her stealthily, like you have to dive in the water. And so he comes, he does the hand motion. He like puts his hands together and like mo- literally just pantomimes diving. And it's the implication is like, oh, she gets it because she now she gets it because she's deaf. And all these other people that are like holding them captive are like, what is he saying? It's like so 
clear oh my it's like God. what you or i would do to tell each other like how to, to dive into it's something. not like if you took your pinky and like swooped it's, it, it's not in a, a complicated fashion through the air and it's like i just spelled dive it's not a code it's like it's, it's yeah. like he had just been like dive <laughs> it was like it was so <laughs> That's funny. incredible it, it kind of like really took you out of the experience because it was like in the theater it's like a movie where like it's quiet so everyone is like being really quiet and trying not to eat yeah. their popcorn too loudly and when that happened everyone like laughed like it was so funny mm. that it like as to take you out of the moment that's that, so brutal when that happens it was so dumb and then uh aside from that though it was like it, like i said it's just the first one it, like it's and it's it's just special because it it really like reinforced like, like i needed it but it like it was really validating to go to a movie and have an experience in a movie theater that i couldn't have had at home that's one that you absolutely can't have at home, which is funny because sound is often the thing that you lose when you're watching at home. But silence is also the thing you lose. This is not a movie you can watch like while on your phone or like. Yeah, it was fun to have like a community experience with it. So that I think that's why in retrospect, I put it so high as like my experience of the movie was much better than. I mean, we've talked about this countless times, both offline and on the podcast, but the specific experience of watching a movie, and I would argue as well, reading a book, listening to a podcast, whatever it is, it's, yes. did you did you read it all at once? Did you read it over time? Did you read it fast? Did you read it slow? Were you excited? Were you not excited? Had somebody else read it? Who told you about it? And, you know, I 21 Jump Street will live forever in my brain as a great film experience because my mom was in the theater pissing her pants laughing. Yeah. In the same way that 22 Jump Street will live in my mind because you were in the theater pissing your pants laughing. That matters. It really does. Exactly. So that's why I put Quiet Place Part 2 at number six. And what was the award? Oh, I'll give that Sound best, editing best again? Sound. Well, the thing is... Or sound mixing. Oh, God, we did this last year. They got rid of it. So in the actual Oscars, there's no longer two categories. It's just best sound. They oh, just okay. they combine them. So that's what it's going to get. They were so com- they were as confused as I was. Yes. So number five. Number five. So number five. Now we're getting into like the top half of the list, and it's like a very separate, distinct list that I think is a lot better. So okay. number so, six. Good stuff. Or no, number five. So number five. Actually, we saw this movie. Mike and I just continued to watch movies after you left at movie weekend. We watched, I think we watched two movies. We watched Nightmare Alley, which is a good movie to start your which day. Which I recognize with. we can't be talking about because it's an Oscar nominated film, but holy shit, that movie was so good. I fucking love Guillermo del Toro. And in a different year is a much more talked about and bigger movie. I don't know. I, I heard Simmons kind of theorizing why it didn't hit the way it would, you would have expected. And it seems like it maybe is a shape of water uh, backlash, and that probably is the case. But I think Nightmare Alley is a movie people will be watching in twenty years in a way that they won't some of these other movies. That's I fucking love this movie. Yeah. The second movie we watched after that was called Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. How have I still not seen this? That's a really weird one that I haven't seen. It is weird. Although you hadn't either, so yeah, it was a good movie weekend movie. I'm sorry that you left, and then we watched yeah. it. Sorry about that. That's oh, all right. The basic premise is that like Bob Odenkirk is no like some dude, some dad that lives in the suburbs who all of a sudden is forced to enter like this like increasingly violent world, and he's like dragged into this like scenario that he wouldn't normally be put in. My disappointment with the film, and it's a mild spoiler, so I hesitate. That's okay. Go for it. But he's not. He's not 
nobody. Like I was, I was hoping that it was like this is an average normal man who yeah. finds that he's capable of unspeakable acts of violence when put in the right situation. And it turns out that he's just like, like he's like Liam Neeson. Like he has a particular set of skills, mm-hmm. like in his past. Which so it's like, a little bit like history of violence kind of thing. I never saw <laughs> history of violence. Well, spoiler alert, same deal where you're watching it and you're like, holy shit, this guy. And it's he has a history of violence. Yeah. And so, you didn't know that. <laughs> right. So same in this, like he like yeah. is capable of like insane amounts of violence because he has a history of violence. Mm. I was hoping it was like this is a mild mannered dude who yeah. like who like irons his pants and then like finds that he's actually able to like yeah like kill somebody <laughs> like i like that <laughs> yeah yeah it's an interesting it's a more interesting journey i like uh, like breaking bad like it's a dude yeah. who finds out that he's actually quite capable of being like a fucking drug lord like i love yeah. that and it wasn't that that being said it's still fucking fun as hell. <laughs> like yeah. it's really fun and like the fight scenes are like very visceral and well choreographed and like very punchy and like christopher lloyd is in it and he's really fun Get on the DeLorean. <laughs> and Bob Odenkirk is in it. So, like, it, it's like, you know, what else do you want? It's it's exactly pretty much what you sign up for. It's, like, 90 minutes, and it's really fun. And so, I th- How funny is Bob Odenkirk? Like, does he have one laugh line every 10 minutes? None? Like, what? what's his, what's the humor sitch? It's funny in the way that Taken is funny, where, like, he's saying things that are, like, ludicrous. Yeah, like, you know face off as he like rips somebody's face he, off with he a does hockey this, stick kind of thing he does this great thing where he's trying to find this person based on a tattoo that he saw and he goes into a tattoo parlor and he's like asking around and he like pulls out a huge wad of cash and is like i'm happy to like pay for this information and they like lock the doors and they're like do you usually just walk around like flashing that much money around like are you stupid and he's like in my experience there are three kinds of people in the world or like three kinds of people that carry around this much money. Idiots. Or maybe it's like idiots, some other kind of person. And then the third, and he goes, and the third group is people that are just begging you to try to take it from them. And like, <laughs> it's like, it's like Amazing. that kind of thing, that kind of thing okay. where it's like, it is funny, but it's not like, yep. it is supposed to be funny, but it's, you know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a, it's a little bit more tongue in cheek funny. Yeah. Which is a thing he does exceptionally well but he's great he does like he does everything exceptionally well i really like that like in better call saul he he's obviously very able to do like the gregarious like lawyer thing but he also like when he's still kind of like doing the whole jimmy thing he's very kind of like he can do like a deferential like oh yeah you know like that kind of thing and he does both well here so he's a pretty extraordinary actor i just listened to him on uh armchair expert and it was just he's just Everything I hoped he would be on that pod. He's just, he is the real deal. This might just keep, because I love him so much, I'm going to give him best actor for this one. Like, obviously he would never actually be nominated for a movie like this, but I thought he was, it doesn't work unless he's as good as he is. Yeah, he's a guy who's never going to be nominated for a best actor Oscar, not because he's not capable, but because I think he's not capable in, in a film setting where he's such a slow burn and he's such a builder like the thing that's so extraordinary about jimmy mcgill you know saul goodman is that 
it's just layer after layer after layer and every new layer reveals something just as compelling as was revealed in the last layer and that's just a harder thing to do in a two two and a half hour film and so his superpower is just a thing that's perfectly you know attuned to television so i think he probably won't be but he's every bit as talented an actor as anybody who's nominated for a best actor oscar it's just different he's wonderful i'm glad that we're like finally as a society appreciating him Mm -hmm. so you go okay top four this one biggest surprise of the year for me i couldn't believe how much i love this movie (laughs) number four is the suicide squad i i think i i had heard enough hype to know it sounded like the sort of movie i would like and so i was ready to like it but i just i watched this at home because i was this in theaters maybe Mm -hmm. it was so i but i watched it on hbo max and i just couldn't i was alone and i just couldn't stop laughing and smiling it was so bonkers and fun i like it's so funny like like i knew when i saw the original suicide squad which actually i saw with you at jordan's yes we did that is correct yep so weird but like i knew that i didn't like that movie and i had Mm -hmm. some idea why but i didn't realize fully until i saw this like how like how just how crazily wide they'd missed the mark like yeah this movie like and really it just comes down to this was rated r and they just like went for it and it made it like they did go for it they really really did and like i and only in retrospect did i realize like they absolutely like what's the point of making it would be like making a deadpool movie deadpool right like i just like (laughs) like in the cast like like john cena was so good amazing (laughs) The girl, the rat girl, was yep. outrageously good in the movie. She was good. Idris, I mean, like, obviously yeah. Idris Elba. And then, like... Obviously, Margot Robbie is silly. Good. Stallone as, like, the, uh... That, like, shark guy. <laughs> that, like... <laughs> that, like <sighs> when, he, when he fucking, uh... I just loved how over the top it was. Like, remember, like, late in the movie when the shark... I can't remember what his name is. But he, like... He grabs that dude and just, like tears him in half and then like it's not it's like not a, it's not a storm but there's lightning behind him like yeah. that's like the kind of over-the-top stupidness that this kind of movie needs and i'm glad that they just did it the thing that's interesting about this i was thinking about this with uh i forget what i was watching on tv it's something where it's like the snarky tongue and you know kind of like ooh, i'm smarter than you humor and when the first thing did it, it was groundbreaking. And at this point, so many TV shows and so many movies are doing the office slash 30 rock, like really jokey, but also like really smart humor. And it wears off at some point. It's time for somebody to find a new lane. And that's why I think, you know, there's some comeback in slapstick type humor because there just haven't been people farting and falling, you know, on each other for a while in movies because it's been so much really smart humor and i think at this point there's been so much anti-hero hero and funny hero and funny super you know powers and stuff like that that my capacity to be surprised by something i thought had disappeared or at least diminished a lot and this managed to be exactly in the guardians deadpool you know a but you know kind of stuff like that lane and still make me smile and still make me laugh which is very impressive yeah i agree like you, you would think 
it would feel stale because literally yeah. it's, a, it's a reboot of a movie that came out like three years ago. Right. It's a guy. Stale who, because it's doing the thing that was fresh 10 years ago again. Yeah. And like, it's this guy, like it's the same guy who's done two Guardians movies already. It's like, yep. okay, it's Guardians, but it's also a reboot of this other bad movie. Like, and it's also Deadpool. Right. Like, okay. But it like takes the best pieces of all of them somehow and to yep. makes it into something that I like really enjoyed. So it's I, almost inexplicable. It's alchemy. It's just there was some magic to why this worked as well as it did, which I'm not sure it's totally possible for us to put our fingers on. I mean, you can, you know, great writing, no stakes. Yeah. You know, great Nothing acting. To lose. Like, right. Like there's there's some stuff you can point to, but it still doesn't necessarily translate as we've seen before. Yeah. I'm going to give this one best visual effects. I for guess. The dots. <laughs> oh, he was so funny. I forgot about him. <laughs> yep <laughs> where's your mom now <laughs> everywhere <laughs> uh that was good it's not yeah. for everybody it's certainly no, not for God, everybody no. definitely but, not for children no but i liked it so now it's time for honorables in which i will talk about a bunch of movies that aren't eligible for this list but because they got nominated for an oscar mm-hmm. there's a lot so we'll just have to kind of zip through them this is one that people like were really hoping would actually get nominated for best picture uh it didn't end up happening spider-man no way home it should have been that was a mistake <sighs> it wasn't as big of a mistake as the dark knight because the dark knight was just that right that wasn't nominated right that yeah. was the year before that mm-hmm. was the year before they expanded it that was why they expanded it right okay i'm just making sure i had that right it's not as big of a mistake because the dark knight actually could have won or at least been nominated on the Academy's own terms. Yes. Whereas this would have required somewhat of an expansion of their terms, but it still was that stellar of a film that made that many people happy with enough quality that it should have. Well, I think that like, I would actually be happy with that compromise. Like, like for example, a couple years ago, like I didn't think black Panther was going to win best picture, but I was happy with it being nominated. And I did. Yeah, I I appreciate that was enough for me. And I think that there's been talk of like adding a best popular movie category. And I think that's the worst thing you could do because it's insulting because then it because then it's like you get that and we're not going to consider you for this. It's kind of what happened to they they talked about this on the ringer the other day. That's what happened with animated movies. Like now animated movies has its own category. And so that's where you'll get your recognition and that's it. And if you so if you do a best popular movie like that's then a movie like dune is in trouble because maybe it gets that and it doesn't and then it has no actual consideration to win best picture at any rate i would have really liked it if spider-man had been nominated it wasn't it was still one of my favorite movies of the year and it did get nominated for i think visual effects yeah i there's no ensemble award for uh the academy awards though there is i think for the golden globes that would be a really fun one. And I think this is one where, uh, like, best acting. Like, if you wanted to put it in the terms of the Oscars to make it fancy, you know, ensemble cast sounds like a, you know, kind of goofy Golden Globes thing. And if the Snooty Academy wants to call it its own thing, call it best acting. Because I think you could have, you could make a case for this for best acting. I don't think you would argue individually no. Jacob Batalon or Zendaya or, J- or uh, Tom Holland, but collectively, Willem Dafoe, argument. Yeah, Alfred Willem Molina. Defoe. Yeah, I- I'm pretty Jamie happy Fox. making that argument. Yeah, if you even Thomas Hayden Church, like, yes, yeah. I will make that argument if you need me to. I the other one that 
I like Bill Simmons came up with this idea. I think it's so awesome. And it's such a him thing is yeah. best year. So like, for example, yeah. like Zendaya yes. could be nominated for being in Spider-Man and Dune or, and yep. whatever. So like mm-hmm. that, like there's a couple people like Tom Holland would be a good fit, like being Spider-Man yep. and Nathan Drake, like in the same year, like something like that. So th- this movie had a lot to it and it's going to get like condensed down to one best visual effects nomination. But yeah, and that's too bad. But this is this is of the movies from this year. This is the one people will be watching the longest because it's that good. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So next is No Time to Die. This is the one I said. Yeah. I, I know you picked up on it. Yeah. This movie was... I understand everybody's criticisms, and I, I entertain them fine. <laughs> fine. This was everything that Daniel Craig deserved... The movie was spectacular. The last 20 minutes of this movie were a shot for shot Dark Knight Rises ripoff. And I didn't care at all because it was a great ending for that movie. And it was a great ending for this movie. Yeah, it it was so it was so shocking how emotionally satisfying it was because sort of as you were saying earlier about, you know, characters you've invested in for a long time versus those you haven't. Dr. Swan is like a pretty new character in the, the Bond verse. And I cared so much about her and it was partially because, you know, she was somebody that Daniel Craig cared about on screen, but also because Leia Seydoux is such a stellar actress that she was able to make me care about her despite our lack of you know time together. Well, there just wasn't enough time no. <laughs> all the time in the world, but it was just it was awesome. That movie was everything a James Bond movie should be. I think we should talk about it in greater detail on another podcast. Yes, so, we had talked about that at the time. I would still like to do that. Yes. Good. But I, I completely agree with your assessment. I like I left the theater just like ear to ear. Great. Totally. I, like, I talked like, to my dad for 40 minutes on the ride home. I just fucking loved it. So yeah. and I think it got nominated for it definitely yeah, got nominated for best original best song. song. Yeah. And it'll and they, win. Yeah. Uh, OK, next is Free Guy. Did you see Free Guy? I yes, I was so disappointed this was nominated for an Oscar, which is really selfish of me because good for them for being nominated for an Oscar. But I wanted to talk about this as one of the awards. This movie, this falls exactly in the category of Suicide Squad, where it is occupying a lane that is very crowded and should not be original anymore and should not work. And every second of that movie was a joy. Yeah, we had so much fun. We got. So, you know, Cody, Cody texted me and was like, you guys should watch Free Guy, which like Cody doesn't text me like that often. And he doesn't actually. But he like when he does, it's like fucking listen. And he's like he's like maybe one of the most hypercritical people I've ever encountered when it comes to movies. So I was like Mm -hmm. really shocked that he was telling me to go see Free Guy based on the trailer. And I'm glad he did. Elegis and I went and saw it and we're both like even with that expectation set were still surprised at how much we liked it it was awesome couldn't agree more and i think i told you that almost the entire movie is filmed feet from my office oh really i didn't know yeah that. so F- guy's apartment is visible from my office like it's right it's literally 20 feet from the door of my office wow and the place where like the everything starts to go crazy well, remember where he respawns yes that's right that's a block and a half from my oh office. my god that's and cool. there's like a there's i forget exactly what happened but there was some big scene like one of the big chases or something that goes through a park 
that's the park I was in the other night with Pierce while he was <sighs> running around like a madman. Like it's all so that was just like an extra funny little thing for me is it was all filmed within, you know, two, three blocks of my office. And so I recognize everything. That's cool. Yeah. But you want to talk about best year. Somebody who could potentially win best year would be Jody Comer. Yeah. She was great in this. She was great in another film we maybe are going to talk about. Um, she's awesome. Yep. Really good. And Steve from Stranger Things. Yes, you go, Steve. Really yeah. like Steve in this movie. He was like, great. And wasn't just Steve. Was almost Steve, but had enough of a Steve tweak that he was still really he, good. He occupies the same lane as me as Jimmy O, where like I think Yeah. I like that was enough for me that I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing what else we get. And totally. Hope, and yeah. and then I'm excited for the like ten years from now Zag, where mm-hmm. he's in like a horror movie as a bad guy or something. Yes. Oh. Yes, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um next is Luca, which did you you saw? Yeah, really good. I like I don't know. I think I I'm aberrant in this opinion. It's like one of my very favorite Pixar movies ever. Like I don't know what it was about it. Maybe it's because yeah. maybe it's because we were in Chincaterra like for our honeymoon and this was yeah. like very clearly supposed to be it and like I just like I just like thought it was so fucking good. I loved it. And it was nominated for best animated feature, which I hope it wins, but I don't know. I feel like it got. I got, it did feel like there wasn't much discussion. Or like, it didn't really enter people's like collective minds very much. And I, I thought it was so good. Yeah, I, th- I agree that it was underrated. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm still confused by why it didn't hit the way it did. And I think, that to the Simmons, you know, MVP point, like narrative is just such an important part of the Oscars in the way it is for the MVP race. And this just didn't get the narrative. And I don't know totally know why. And it didn't. But it was excellent. Yeah. Luca, next one is Shang-Chi. I guess there were four Marvel movies this year, huh? Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, yep. Eternals, and Black Widow. Fuck. Yeah, and the three I saw were all really good. I loved Shang-Chi. I feel like this one got weird hate. I don't, I mean, I guess I can point to at least part of why, but I I watched this probably two, three months ago. I watched it, you know, very recently, and I loved it. We liked it. We, we, I would, I, we just liked it more than I did. I would slot it kind of like in the middle tier of Marvel movies, like, good like right right up there with like the good origin story movies which in my opinion mm. are tend to be not as good yeah but necessarily because there's so much to like get done and out of the yeah, way there's a lot of explaining but that like critique aside i i thought the cast was great i thought like the locale and like the art direction and like all of that stuff so were cool. fantastic well it did and, it did the same thing that that black panther did really well which was it said i'm not gonna half ass the fact that every other marvel movie is just a bunch of white people and this one isn't i'm gonna do something really visually different and emotionally different because it's not just a bunch of white people and i liked that i liked that it felt like it committed to its aesthetic it committed to its family ties and was pretty comfortable saying this is gonna feel different and i'm cool with that yep very excited. I like that it was kind of insular. Like there's like yeah. a little bit of tie-in, but not really. Like it was just kind of his story, and now well, that that's... can be that can be too much, right? Like it can strain the foundation that you're building if you're trying too hard to do too many things to the universe. Well, and now that's over. Like now it'll just be like Shang Chi's and everything, and he's an Avenger, and like that'll right. be go- that'll be gone. But like it was nice to have this movie totally. that was like his. So, and then this this one is just like I feel like lots of. Maybe not controversy, but it feels very poignant that it only got nominated for one is House of Gucci. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see that because it's been a long time since I've been so excited about a trailer. The, it was so you didn't see it. No, I, I don't. Caroline and I were were excited about that for probably a year and a half and have not seen it. 
we saw it with is me, Allegius, Aaron, Cameron, and my dad. And we all like consensus thought it was awesome. And it is. It's actually like a really good movie with really good acting. It it some weird choices, like the Jared Leto thing is really strange, but like it feels weird that it didn't get more nominations and it feels like the amount of effort they all put into it kind of backfired, maybe. I don't know. But I think yeah, like because it, it only got nominated for like best costume design or something. Very weird. It's a very weird story. Like that that seemed so big. People didn't like it. They did like it. I don't. I don't know. Feels like a lot of people's minds were made up before they went into the theater. Yeah, probably. But I I, I thought it was maybe not like I'm great. still excited to see it. Great's probably not the right word, but I thought it was like it's like what probably the best praise I can give it is that it's really fucking long. But I didn't really yeah. think it was. It didn't yeah. feel like it. And I just, like, I, I unabashedly will, like, give a movie a lot of leeway if Adam Driver's in it. And yeah. he's in a lot of yep. it. And if it takes a swing. And it feels like, from everything I've heard, this movie takes some swings. Some big ones. I, I, you have to admire. Some of them work. Because a lot of people's don't. A lot of people's. A lot of movies don't <laughs> take swings. You know, who takes a huge swing and totally nails it is Al Pacino. I Like, he's shocking i like he doesn't get talked about because yeah. like there's so much more to talk about with this movie but he's like he just steals every scene that he's in you'll like it you'll like he's it. coming back he's finding i think he had about a 10 to 15 year stretch there where he was so deep into the self-parody that it was kind of uncomfortable to watch but i think he's found a way to to be over the top but in a no longer parodic way that's exactly he, it the um the performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was to me a big turning point where I was like, oh, he's kind of finding it again. Yep, this is I think for me occupies a similar space. Yeah. Okay, top three. I'll just do my three and then we'll go through your stuff. Yeah. So these top three are all like, in my opinion, like the kinds of movies that get nominated for lots of Oscars, and I don't know what happened. So I know you're number one, I think. I think I know you're number one. One that I think could be in your top three, I'm not sure if it's eligible, so I'm excited. But then I'm not sure on the third, so I'm excited. You'll know this this one. Very excited. Number three is The Green Knight. Wow, I thought that was going to be your number one. Yeah. I'm surprised that's not your number one. That was I, That was probably my number one on this list. I think you'll see why I put it at three. But yeah. But it could be number one. Yeah. Like, and this is one where I, like, actually am, I actually, like, it makes me question if I'm understanding the rules, because, like, how how can this not be nominated for, like, six Oscars? I don't understand how it's not nominated for Best Visual Effects. It's the most, it's, or Cinematography, cinematography. Maybe, however you kind of want to break it up. It's one of the most visually distinctive movies I've ever seen. It's, and it's visually distinctive on the basis of a story that's many hundreds of years old, it manages to take something that I've read in school probably four times. And I have, you know, at least some relationship with, and it made it. And that's, I'm talking literally just the story of the green Knight, not even including the broader King Arthur canon. And to just surprise, like the very decision to make King Arthur so old and decrepit was such a weird and effective decision because it set the whole stakes for what this universe was it that feels exactly like the sort of thing that the academy prizes it's a big bold reimagining of a timeless story i feel it's exactly what you're saying it felt like so like academy loves that like these like yeah it's not really a period piece 
Yeah. But it kind of is. Like, it's, like, it's set in, you know, like, this specific time. It's very, like, it's not plot-driven at all. Like, it's just, like, like it's, like, it has almost nothing to do with, like, what's actually happening on screen. It's, like, completely about, like, a, a couple of really good acting performances. It's about, like, the, the whole, like, really, for me, the takeaway from the movie is just, like, the aura, which is partially the cinematography and the sound, like, and this, like, for, like this, I don't know, it's just, like, this, like, you feel like you're when we saw it in theaters, it just like felt like we were, at least for me, I felt like I was in medieval England. Like it was so immersive. Like I just like, you don't have that experience too often. No, I'm looking at the nominations right now and they're, uh, the tragedy of Macbeth is nominated for three Oscars. And I get that that has, I don't remember which it's the first or one of the only Cohen solo trips, but one of the Cohen brothers. So I get that, but is it David Lowry? Is that his name? Yeah. Is fast becoming a kind of well-known prestige director. So even though it's not, you know, Cohen is a pretty important yeah. Hollywood name. Uh, you know, he's a really well-regarded director who people care about, and the Academy finds, you know, meets their acceptable standards of snoot. And it's the same exact. It's the exact thing. It's taking a story that is beloved, you know, centuries old, and totally reimagining it for a modern era in a really cool distinctive way how is this not nominated for all the same oscars as that yeah I, like i don't in like the last it's like maybe it felt longer than it was it was probably like a six minute thing maybe oh even five gosh. minutes at the like when he's that what well, i don't have to spoil like where it comes in that the film thing. that yeah. sequence was like one of the coolest things i've seen in a movie and at at least last year like probably going way further back than that like i remember like that for, for me like not didn't validate the movie because i loved a lot of things about it but like it was one of those movies where the end is such like it's it's wrapped up in such a unique and like effective and satisfying way that it kind of like not justifies but brings the whole thing together yeah like i and the the way it was shot and like the time like it was so cool like so cool and it also definitely had best use of uh semen in a motion picture i would say for sure at least Uh, definitely this year definitely this year but i agree the ending is it's it's very validating it you're just i've gotten so used to plot driven movies falling apart at the end that when it doesn't it tells you this really was as good as i thought it was and this ending elevates the whole thing so yeah i i'm interested to see what you nominated for because i actually could come up with multiple things because there were so many great things about it it should have been nominated for i think it should have actually been nominated for a couple of awards i'm giving i'm not giving it whatever cinematography because i think if you boil it down that's the thing about this movie that is most distinctive about it i agree yep and and separate its most separates it most from its peers yes agreed the reason i put it at three is because i could understand and in fact would expect you general listener to watch this and be like what the fuck was that yep (laughs) because yeah because i've had like a lot of people i've talked to have had that reaction and they're like, why? Yeah. Like, that's, that was, like, a lot of people just, like, that sucked. Like, a lot of people didn't yeah, like Seamus it. Yeah, Seamus did not like it. And he has a very open mind and, I think, great movie taste. He just didn't like it. Yeah. So, I and, like, I get it. Like, if you don't, yeah. like, it's not for you, that's, like, you're probably, like, you know, that's fine. I just happen to fucking love it. Yeah. And I have a pre-existing relationship with the source material. Actually, maybe best adapted screenplay. Technically, this would, yeah. right? seriously and which like actually what's a more impressive job than adapting a yeah i've got a lot of questions about like why this didn't get more love and you're right what is more impressive than taking something that i mean i've read it in college in it's not this good 
No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Number two, you recommended this movie to me, and I put it off for such a long time, not intentionally, just because things. And then I watched it, and I loved it so much. Uh, no Sudden Move with Donnie Cheadle and... Uh, I forgot that was this year also. This yeah. year, what a weird effing year. So yeah, it, it kind of got lost because it just came out on HBO. I think directed didn't go to theaters, but yeah, it's like, like take Ocean's Eleven, like that level of cast and like that level of plotting and like what you'd expect from a Soderbergh movie and then just drop it into like Detroit in the 19, what? like 50s or 60s yeah mm-hmm. that's all it is but like saying that's all it is is completely not the right way to put it because it was just so fucking good like the i just like the cat just like the cast by itself is like kind of worth watching it's uh benicio del toro and don Cheadle. but then on top of that you've got like kieran culkin and david harbour and fucking well there's a couple of cameos that you'll be there's somebody wink that you see in that you see in Soderbergh movies sometimes. Yep. Who is one uh, of the best movie villains in a long time who just comes out of nowhere as the big bad and is in 10 minutes of the movie and is as villainous as is possible to be. Yeah, he's awesome. So I yep. I don't know. Like maybe it was just because I like didn't have any expectations or because like I liked the whole like Detroit thing and like Yeah. I don't it felt like um what was that? Why do I always forget what it's called? The George Clooney movie we watched it. Um Yep. Uh, out of sight yeah it felt like that but like also oceans 11 yep like i don't know i just had like kind of like madman energy to it like i don't know like it was madman's a great call yes very much so did you obviously you liked it because you recommended it to me did you love it as much as i did 100 percent. i forgot that it was this year that's the only reason it didn't come to mind but yes absolutely loved it one of the best movies i saw all year and you're right. Why? Like, why? These, what hits and what doesn't is so nonsensical to me. It's Steven Soderbergh and it's a bunch of big names and it's great. I, and it, it has something to say. It makes, yeah, it makes me wonder if like, yeah, that's the thing about it. It's not like, it's not like it's just a heist movie, right? Like it's yeah. about this thing that happened and like, and more than that, like it's about like, you know, like there's a whole, there's all kinds of stuff going on in this movie, but it's black it's white it's greed and corruption it's like what? these are these are the things that the oscars love it makes me wonder if like soderbergh like has said at some point like fuck the oscars or like yeah. like, he, like you know what i mean it'd have to, it would have to be something like that yeah in my opinion yeah for it to make any sense i don't get it so i i did i did best directing for this one because i just yeah. thought like the whole the whole thing i mean it's kind of like a soderbergh award but i just like he's so good at making movies like this and he's good at making movies that aren't at all like this. Like, yeah. like he's great at everything. He's great. It's like if you liked Logan Lucky or Ocean's Eleven, like you'll love this. Or like Usual Suspects. It's like got like there's so many like clear inspirations the for this. twists and the turn. It's just it's just great. That's just a great movie. I recommend it highly. All right, number one. I suspect you probably know what this is. If you well, know, it's when only it came if out. it's if it's if it's if it came out this year. Then yes, I do. And I think it did. This is a film we saw together okay. with our good friend, yeah. Mike. It's going to sound weird. The movie is called Pig. <laughs> yep. And it was probably the best movie I saw last year. Yeah. So I think, I think it's just so tough. Those top three are so good. I'm probably between this and Green Knight, but I think it's this. I think me personally, Green Knight resonated with me more, but like. Is it because you're less angry at society? 
no it's uh i just but like pig like i think more generally like even more than the green knight i feel like is like like fits perfectly the criteria that the academy has laid out for what qualifies a movie as like best picture worthy Mm -hmm. in my like you know you said it earlier like on their like you said this about the dark knight like it was good and it was good on their terms like i think this movie most closely matches like what the academy looks for yeah even more so than the green knight but because it's like it's well I'll, I'll, i'll back up so the 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 synopsis is just wildly different from what it actually is the general idea is that nick cage plays this dude who lives out in the woods in like oregon or washington state and has a pig like a truffle pig and they go around in the forest and they collect up all the truffles and then this dude from portland in a nice car comes and picks up the cameron Cameron. my brother cameron comes in a miata and he picks up the truffles and then he goes back to portland and he sells them to all these fancy restaurants but then the pig gets taken and then nick cage's character has to go get the pig back and this like this like yuppie kid from Portland like has to help him Cameron. because Cameron has to help him because Nick Cage doesn't have a car. And so it's like it kind of feels like it's like a buddy like revenge movie. And it's just like it couldn't be further from that. It's just not. <laughs> it's, it's like it, and has, it sort of tricks you intentionally for a little while. Like that scene, yeah. the, the one scene in the movie that I don't still don't 100 percent understand was the fight scene. Yeah. And I think the point of that was to continue to lull you into thinking you were about to watch a certain sort of movie. And so it's probably not until 40 minutes in, unless you had heard about the movie beforehand, like heard what it was about. It's probably not until 40 minutes into the movie that you realize it's not going the way it seems like it's going. You're like, oh, this is actually a movie about pain and loss. Yeah. Like, per, like deeply personal like loss. Yeah. It's also a movie about like <sighs> the restaurant industry and consumption and like gentrification and like urbanization writ large. Like, there's like a, a lot of things that this movie thinks like and like aspirations and goals and like like and not these are not simplistic conclusions. Like, I could make a movie easily, easily with. A bunch of douchey white people eating avocado toast and be like, oh, I just made a movie about gentrification. I'm so smart. But it would just be because I'm making really simple, obvious observations. This movie is making really difficult and painful kind of observations about the reality of what we buy and what we eat. It's also not like overtly criticizing it. Like it is. It is. It's also asking it's kind of saying it's kind of more like telling it's like yeah like just kind of laying it out and showing it from a perspective that you wouldn't normally assess it from and and that like that like nick cage is great for what it you know that's it's it's a good it's a perfect role for him cameron is fucking insane like whoever that actor is that looks just like cameron put him in stuff he should have been like i that's the kind of role i would think would be nominated for best supporting like Yep. If Jesse Plemons can get nominated for best supporting in Power of the Dog for doing almost nothing, like this guy can get nominated, like nothing. And I love <laughs> Jesse Plemons. So do I. I, mean, I love. We we are very much you know card carrying members of the Jesse Plemons Club. But I mean, he didn't do anything. Now you're not doing anything. So, anyways, like he, I think could have been nominated for best supporting. 
I think original screenplay for sure. Also Adam Arkin, and while you're just talking about the acting, yep. Adam Arkin is uh Cameron's father, and he's been in a ton of things that you've seen, especially in like the nineties. And he's he's a fantastic actor, but holy shit, he was amazing. And I didn't realize this. That's Alan Arkin's son. Yeah. Uh he was amazing in this movie. He was great. Cage was really good. Like, I don't know if I would do like go so far as to say like best actor worthy, but like certainly I think it could have been nominated and I wouldn't have like batted yeah. it. The score is amazing. I've been listening yeah. to it a lot since Very we watched understated. it. Understated, but beautiful. The cinematography is wonderful. I, like the whole thing. And a part of, part of it is because it's called pig and it stars Nick cage is like the diff, the, the Delta between your perceived kind of like your, your expectations and what actually happens is part of it. But I think this one could have actually been nominated for best picture. Yep. I agree. So, that was pig that was pig what a film all right so let's assume i remember when things came out and tell me if i'm wrong and if i and if you don't know if i'm wrong then whatever we'll move on okay my not tops so my absolutely unquestioned least favorite film of the year was the many saints of newark which is the Sopranos movie. It's one of the worst pieces of garbage I've ever seen. Oh, no. It was unbelievable, actually, partially because, and we've talked about this maybe, but the the whole point of the Sopranos, the conception of the Sopranos, was David Chase watching Goodfellas and movies like it and saying, I wonder what happens in the quiet moments between these hitmen. And the whole show is about the quiet moments between it, so it's not plot. It's not a plot show. And the plot is pretty inconsequential. It doesn't matter. It's just a means of putting people into new and interesting situations. But this became a plot movie, and it really didn't work. It Uh. was really bad. And there was a lot of decisions that were really stupid and over the top and just woof. So that sucked. I'm sorry. So I'd give that one worst picture. Okay. Was The Little Things this year? I think The Little Things was at the very end of the previous year. We Uh, may have talked about it. I did think we did, but I'm going to give Jared Leto or um, not Jared Leto. I'm going to give um, Rami Malek worst actor again <laughs> yeah. because he was so bad. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong was oh, no. just terrible. Too bad. Yeah, that was a bummer because I loved Kong. And Kong I loved was so Godzilla. good. <laughs> I love both of them. I'm the only person who liked the Godzilla movie. Yeah. But everybody loved Kong because it was great. This was bad. I think this was probably worse visual effects because they were intrusively bad. Oh, no. My worst original screenplay <laughs> is The French Dispatch. Uh, I I thought that that movie stunk. And I love Wes Anderson. It was the good things about the movie were the visuals and Leia Seydoux being entirely nude for extended periods of time. Nice. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. You get it all. Just a fuzzy triangle and everything. But Oh, cool. Yeah, it's great. But the, the movie <laughs> itself is very bad. So I'd give that one worse original screenplay. Damn. Uh, let's see. One more that I... I don't know. This one is just in the middle. I'm just going to mention it. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I think it was bad, but also think it was good. I don't really care. I enjoyed it. I didn't see it. Can you believe that? Crazy. I gotta see it. Could you believe that? Could you believe that? <laughs> All right, so then the four that I want to mention as being really good. Oh, this one I'll mention in the also whatever. Uh, the King's Man. I get that nobody likes it, but I loved it. It was exactly what I wanted. I still need to see that, but I will be yeah, seeing it. you will enjoy that one. I just so, realized I missed one of my honorable mentions, so I'll tack it on at the end. Sorry. 
So one movie that um, I'm still not sure if it was good or bad. I think it was both good and bad was The Last Duel. Ooh. Did you see that one? No, I but like, can't believe yeah. that. It's, it's like it was such a big part of like movie conversation this it year. It was. So Jodie Comer, I would give best uh, supporting actress. She's just spectacular at everything she does. But I don't know. It was it was way too long and it was weird, very weird. But it was also really interesting and it went for something. It tried something really different and, you know, it was vantage point with fewer vantages. But I liked that one. <laughs> well, it's surprising considering that you're a millennian. Yes, I am a millennian. That's true. <laughs> um, am I right in thinking In the Heights was nominated for no Oscars? I guess so. Because I was Googling. It looks like it was well, no, nominated. But it, oh, no. It's the... Uh, I'm sorry. You're thinking the, of West Side Story. I, yes, I am. I am. Right. Embarrassingly. So I think that must be what happened. That plus Tick, Tick, Boom got some love. Damn. I guess like... Maybe it's just like we're oversaturated on Lin-Manuel at this point. Is that the problem? It must be because In the Heights was the first movie Caroline and I saw back in the theaters together. And it was such a joyous experience. We were just so happy. And I am, as you know, a little bit of a Lin-Manuel Miranda teaser because like I was signed the Declaration of Independence like is just a little goofy for my taste. Yeah. But this toned that down just enough. And mm-hmm. it was so such a lovely love story it was visually entertaining music was great had something to say this was one of the best movies i watched all year it seems it's just it's it's another one of those things where it's like weird this but not this like right west side story but not in the heights like why exactly i don't understand why and then the one that i think i probably would nominate for i don't know i guess best best actor probably maybe best picture uh, Stillwater. Oh, yeah. So Stillwater is a movie that has probably a half hour that really should not have happened towards the end of the movie. Like, just real. You didn't see this, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. The, like, there's a half hour that just they should have skipped this whole story, this whole plot line. And I think that was a big part of why it ended up being perceived the way it was perceived, because I think it made people think of this as a different genre of film. Oh, interesting. It's sort of the pig thing, but in the opposite direction. Where it was like, it was really good, and then there's a half hour of, like, explosions. Like action, yeah. yeah. And it's like, that shouldn't have happened. But, no, it was a, it was a really um, quiet, thoughtful movie that had great performances all around. Matt Damon was just spectacular in it. And I thought, going in, it was going to be a, like, capital P performance, where Matt Damon's like, I understand trump voters and i'm gonna <laughs> prove it to you in film form and it wasn't that it, it i mean it was sort of i guess but <laughs> that wasn't what it was it was actually just him inhabiting a character who was from a different place than will hunting that's all and he did it with grace it was it was excellent and it's the director who did spotlight um and a few Shit. others that are really well received so i was surprised that this got no love i'm definitely gonna go back for yeah. all of these yeah uh what was the um um oh yeah that you said you the honorable that you missed did you see the mitchells versus the machines no so it was netflix animated movie it's lord and miller of course so if you liked the lego movie or like lego batman or 21 jump street or anything like that like this is i I would say it's like just as good as any of those movies why have i not seen this i don't know why it didn't get like the same kind of attention those movies did quinn and emma 
watched it and then like immediately texted us and we're like, you guys need to watch this. It's like the general premise is that the world is being taken over by iPhones and it's like uh-huh. the, like robots and iPhones. And it's like, it's just like really fucking good. And if Luca doesn't win best animated, I hope this one does. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so much. Fun. How have I not seen this? I'm watching this very soon. Yeah, that's it. Great year. Great year of movies. Really, I really enjoyed this year. It was. It had a little bit of everything. Like I like yeah. that our list is like has a lot of representation from like Marvel and Suicide Squad, but also we got to talk at length snootily about Pig and the Green Knight. Like yeah, um, really good year. And I'm Unexpe- looking- and a lot of out of nowheres. A lot of yeah. th- things that, like, the couple movies I was really looking forward to probably were Last Duel and Stillwater, I guess. Mm-hmm. And to varying degrees worked and didn't work, both for me and for the culture. But then the stuff that I really, really liked came up mostly out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and then the actual nominations, like, the actual Oscar list yeah. is, is great, too. Like, there's, like, your Licorice Pizzas yeah. and, like, Dune. And, like, there's, like, yeah. a lot of really great... It's not like It's not like there's nothing... It's not like they missed the mark on everything for the actual list, too. So, great year. Very Keep me very optimistic about the state of movie going. Same. So, Amen. That's it. Um, I'll, I'll recap it very quickly, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Number 10, The Woman in the Window. Number 9, Eternals. Number 8, Love Hard. Number 7, Black Widow. Number 6, A Quiet Place Part 2. Number 5, Nobody. Number 4, The Suicide Squad. Number 3, The Green Knight. Number two, no sudden move, and number one, pig. pig. So uh, that's it. That's the twenty twenty two Topskers. Nice work, twenty twenty two, and nice work, us. Yeah, nice work, us. All right, that's it. Uh, I'll do a couple thank yous and we'll leave. I'll thank first Kevin McLeod for uh, our theme music, and I guess if we, I guess we could sneak our. Not top we might three do a music quick, a quick little sneak. But we didn't cue it. Me. We didn't cue it, so we probably can't. Let's not. We don't he want might, to mess with the format. He may miss it. Yeah. But thanks, Kevin, at any rate. And then yeah. thanks to my sister, Erin, who does our artwork. Her work is fantastic. She's been... I don't, obviously, you probably haven't seen it, but her show came out on History Channel. So if you watch... there's like this. It's called The Food That, the Food that Built America, and it's on new episodes on Sunday nights. And Aaron's wait, 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 wait. I've seen her artwork on her posts, but I didn't know it was out. The first episode came out like three weeks ago. So there have been oh like three God. episodes this season. Well, so I'm there'll be there'll be one tonight. Right now. Today's a Sunday. Today's a Sunday. Where the Do you know my local channels by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> what channel is the history channel on my TV, Kyle? Try 36. Uh, oh well there it is. Alright, well I will search that. Uh I didn't yeah. know that. So, like, all the, like... What a boss-ass bitch. Like, the first episode was, like, subs, so it was, like, uh, Blimpies and Subway, like, that, like, duel. And so Aaron designed all of, like, the menu boards and the, like, set they created and all of, like, the wrapping paper that they put the subs in, the menus, like, all of that stuff is Aaron's work. So, uh, definitely watch that show on the History Channel. And go to her Instagram, Saint Design, at Instagram. Hey, man. She has a... She texted me the other day. She has an actual IMDb page. It lists her as like you can look up she Aaron. Does yeah, you can look up Aaron on IMDb. Oh my god, isn't that cool? This thing I've ever heard. Yeah. What a dream! Wow, that's so cool. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow, we have a real IMDb person on our crew now. Yep. 
Well, um, well speaking of the, the social medias, don't check ours out. It's not that good anymore. We've sort of <laughs> fallen by the wayside. But thanks, Caroline, for all your work in the past. You were awesome when you did this. Uh, so while you're on the internet and cruising around, you're on your phone, cruising USA, you know, you're probably listening to us on something on your phone. I'd imagine you're not broadcasting us through like a, a television set, which would be weird. So check us out on any of the apps on which we're available, including the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. No so doubt. Far, that's all I got to say, my baby. Great. Then let's be done. Right. This was fun. This was fun. Peace. Right. Peace.